Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. A reminder, coming up next week, we begin our Christmas programming on the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio on Tuesday. We will be doing a round-robin Christmas crossover with the classic comedy of Old Time Radio, the Old Time Radio Westerns, and the I Love Old Old Time Radio Podcast. On top of that, listen to the amazing world of radio for three unique uh, Christmas specials. Amazing.greatdetectives.net. Also having a New Year's Eve special. And then we have three episodes of the Old Time Radio Snack Wagon coming up next week uh, over at snackwagon.net. Well, now let's get into this week's episode of Mr. Chameleon. The original air date, February 23rd, 1949. And the title is The Man Who Expected Murder. Next, Mr. Chameleon and the case of the man who expected murder. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer Aspirin. Mr. Chameleon, as all of you know, is the famous and dreaded detective of Central Police Headquarters who frequently uses a disguise or impersonation to confuse the criminals he is tracking down. In tonight's case, he appears in a particularly clever disguise which the audience will at all times recognize. Tonight, we give you Mr. Chameleon in The Case of the Man Who Expected Murder. Our story opens in the bachelor apartment of Wallace Clayton in a remodeled house in the East 70s. And Clayton, a young bachelor, is humming softly as he lingers over breakfast coffee. <laughs> Who's that, Myrtle? You're late for work. I told you I wanted the apartment put in order early. I... What are you doing here? Get away from me. And two of you. I was afraid that one of you was coming to see me, but not both of you. What are you doing? Put that razor away. You can't. You can't kill me like this! You can't! Sometime later, we find Mr. Chameleon, the great detective, the man who is famous for his many disguises, staring at the wreckage of the room, while at his feet lies the body of Wallace Clayton. And Chameleon says to Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold, Horrible sight. Clayton must have put up a terrific fight. And he didn't stand a chance, Mr. Chameleon. Look at him. His throat cut from ear to ear. There must have been two of them, Dave. One of them held him while the other slashed his throat. 
This is the young man who is the darling of cafe society, spent money like water. Well, what did he do? Where did he come from? That I don't know, Dave. He was continually being photographed with beautiful women. Showgirls, models, even society. Dave. Yeah? Here, look at this. What is it, Mr. Chameleon? It's a letter. Kept it in an inside pocket. It's written on the envelope, to be opened in the event of my sudden death. You mean he knew it was coming? Looks like it, Dave. Let's see what it says. I intend to place this in my safe deposit box. If anything should happen to me, even if it looks like an accident or suicide, it probably is murder. Question my fiancé, Louise Loring. Signed, Wallace Clayton. Louise Loring? Isn't she the girl who's gotten herself engaged to half a dozen different men? Yes, yes, another member of Café Society. Dave, you stay here until the coroner and the photographers get here. I'm going to pay a call on Miss Louise Loring. Miss Loring, I'm chameleon of the police. Of the police? You know, of course, that your fiancé, Wallace Clayton, was murdered early this morning. Murdered? Oh, but that's impossible. No one would want to murder him. He had a note in his pocket saying, in the event of his being murdered, to interrogate you. Interrogate me? But why? I can't understand. I think I understand perfectly, Miss Loring. He expected to be murdered. And he left a note to question you because... Well, um, why do you think he left such a note? I don't know. The note bears two interpretations, Miss Loring. It could mean that he expected you to try to murder him. No, no. Or it could mean that you had knowledge of who might have intent and motive for murdering him. It has to mean one or the other. But I tell you, I know nothing, nothing, Mr. Committee. Which is it? Did Wallace Clayton fear that you might murder him, or do you know who did? Who is it, Miss Loring? You, or is it... I didn't kill him. I don't know who killed him. I don't know why he wrote such a note. You can question me all day, and I'll still say I don't know. Wallace Clayton was sane, wasn't he? He was your fiancé. He wrote this note saying to question you. Now, why? Why did he do this? Wallace wasn't my fiancé. Uh, not, not really. I mean, I couldn't make up my mind. Between Wallace Clayton and who else? Who else? The man you intended to join? What do you mean? Why are your bags packed here? What are you trying to do, make a getaway? I'm joining my uncle, Hugh Loring, on his yacht. Hugh Loring? Is that the same Hugh Loring who writes books on marine life? Yes. Uncle Hugh wants to take me away in a cruise. They sail tomorrow. And Wallace Clayton's rival is on the boat. What makes you think that, Mr. Chameleon? It obviously is. Who is he? I... What's his name, Miss Loring? Carl Mitchell. He... he's a professional diver. He's worked with Uncle Hugh for quite a few years. Quite a uh, contrast in your romantic episodes, isn't there? The rich playboy on one hand and a deep-sea diver on the other. What was Wallace Clayton's source of income? I really don't know. I never knew much about Wallace. Well, then why did he leave a note saying that you should be questioned if you were murdered? Oh, please, please, Mr. Chameleon, leave me alone. Stop questioning me for just a while. All right. I'll let you alone for a while. But I warn you that if you murdered Wallace Clayton, I will find it out and jail you. No, And no. if you know who killed Wallace Clayton, or think you know, I warn you that you'd better tell me. Because if you don't, your own life may be in danger. Give me a few hours and I'll see you on my uncle's yacht this afternoon. I want to see my uncle first. The yacht is the uh, Neptune, isn't it? Yes, I'm going on this afternoon. Very well, I'll see you there. Now, Miss Loring, think things over and find the courage to tell me the truth about Wallace Clayton.
Later that day, Mr. Chameleon boards the magnificent yacht, the Neptune. And at the head of the gangplank, a man stands waiting for him, a tall and overpowering figure of a man. How do you do, Mr. Loring? I'm Chameleon of Central Headquarters. Mr. Chameleon, this is an honor. Sure. Many famous men have set foot on this yacht, but none more famous than you. Well, you're very famous, Mr. Loring, and so is this yacht. I have never seen anything more beautiful. The Neptune is my pride and my love. A boat is so much more dependable than a woman, Mr. Chameleon. Wallace Clayton may have had reason to agree with you. Clayton? Oh, yes, that fellow. I hear he's dead. Good riddance. Clayton was murdered, and I intend to find the murderer. I talked to your niece this morning, Mr. Loring, and I'm here to question her again. Louise? But she's not here on the yacht. Not here. She told me she was coming aboard this afternoon. My dear Mr. Chameleon, never believe Louise. She sent me a telegram. She couldn't join us. That's all I can tell you. Are you sure it's all, Mr. Loring? What do you mean? You might tell me, for instance, if you opposed your niece's engagement to the murdered man, Wallace Clayton. Of course I didn't oppose it. And yet, you seemed almost pleased when I told you that he was dead. Your two statements don't jibe, Mr. Loring. I didn't oppose my niece's marriage to Clayton because it wouldn't have helped any to oppose it. You don't know, Louise. She's been engaged ten, twenty times before. Yes, but not always to men that you'd be pleased to see dead. Mr. Loring, did you know a note was found on Clayton's body saying in the event of his sudden death to question your niece, Louise Loring? It didn't say to question me, did it, Chameleon? No. But when I showed that note to your niece, she said that she wouldn't talk to me until she had seen you. How do you account for that? I don't account for it. And when I boarded this yacht, you told me that she wasn't here. Are you sure she isn't? Search the boat if you like, Chameleon. You won't find her. Very well, Mr. Loring. Now I want to question Mr. Mitchell. Carl Mitchell? Why, Carl? I see no reason Your niece why... Louise implied that he was in love with her. Love is not the word... Uh, Carl's a deep-sea diver, a serious young man who spends half his time in the dim underworld of the sea. He was a perfect target for Louise's wiles. Well, then please introduce me to him. I shan't leave this yacht until I meet him, Mr. Loring. All right, come along. He's below with his sister. Adelaide always sails with us. She's sort of housekeeper and companion. Uh, watch your step here, Mr. Chameleon. John. One more question, Mr. Loring. What was the murdered man, Clayton's source of income? I beg your pardon? Clayton's source of income. What was it? I neither know nor care. Uh, Carl. Carl. I'm in here, Mr. Loring. Oh, and you're here too, Adelaide. Uh, this is Mr. Chameleon, the noted detective. He's investigating the death of Wallace Clayton and wants to question you. Why? I don't know. Uh, I'll be on deck if you want me. How do you do, Miss Adelaide, Mr. How Mitchell? How do you do? How do you do, Mr. First of all, let me say that right now I am most interested in finding Louise Loring. Why isn't she here on the yacht? Louise? Well, she is. At least she's coming. She's sailing with us tomorrow. Her uncle, Mr. Loring, claims she notified him that she was staying in New York. Good. I'm delighted that Louise isn't coming with us. Adelaide. It's true. And if you want to know where to find her, Mr. Chameleon, look in the waterfront cafes. That's where she goes, she and her fancy friends. To Benny's and the Anchor and Mast and places like that. I take it, Mr. Mitchell, that your sister doesn't approve of your interest in Louise Loring. Well, Adelaide doesn't understand Louise. Well, sisters often don't understand girls their brothers are in love with. Sisterly jealousy. I, jealous of Louise? How ridiculous. Uh, while we're speaking of jealousy, Mr. Mitchell, 
Were you by any chance jealous of Wallace Clayton? Why should I have been, Mr. Chameleon? Louise told me that you were in love with her. That would be your reason, wouldn't it? Well, I wasn't. That's strange. Let's go to the next thing. What was Clayton's source of income? Have you any idea where he got his money? Clayton? No, Louise simply said he had money, independent means. Yes. So independent that so far we haven't found... Who uses an old-fashioned razor around here? Old-fashioned razor? I see one in that dressing room. Huh? Oh. Oh, that's Mr. Loring's dressing room. This is Mr. Loring's cabin we're sitting in now. I see. Thank you. Was that all? We weren't much help to you, Mr. Comedian. You're mistaken, Miss Adelaide. You've helped me enormously. Uh, by the way, this uh, yacht won't be allowed to sail tomorrow. Well, why should we be held here? Because all of you are connected with the murdered man, Wallace Clayton. But, Mr. Comedian... I'm sorry, I... but I repeat, you can't leave. And this yacht can't leave. Ah, there you are, Dave. I've been waiting with a car for you to come off the yacht. Where to, Mr. Chameleon? Benny's. All of the waterfront dines, but Benny's first of all. I understand Louise Loring goes there frequently. What? Mm -hmm. A society girl like that hangs out at a place like Benny's? Yes, Dave. That is quite a yacht of Loring's. And Hugh Loring is quite a man. Uh, he's interested in marine life, deep sea fish and all that, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And perhaps there is a bit of the shark in him. Calling Mr. Chameleon, Mr. Chameleon. Oh, that's the radio, Dave. Chameleon speaking. Proceed to Pier 51 immediately, Mr. Chameleon. Body of Louise Loring washed ashore in that vicinity. Keep back. Hello, Mr. Chameleon. Hello, Detective Foley. When this happened? Uh, she was seen about 20 minutes ago, sir. Her body was bumping against a pier here. Mr. Chameleon, do you see how she was murdered? I do. Louise Loring's throat was cut with an old-fashioned razor. Dave, Benny's place is two blocks from here. Yeah, that's right. Come along. We'll see what Benny has to say about this. Benny, Louise Loring and Wallace Clayton were murdered. It's a known fact that Miss Loring came to this place. What do you know about it? I don't know a thing, Mr. Chameleon. Lots of society people come here. They like the local color. Benny, when was Miss Loring last in here? Let me think. Uh, last night, I guess. Mr. Clayton was with her. They were very gay. That's fine. Who else was with them? No one. No one, Mr. Chameleon. Benny, who else was with them? No one. Except her uncle, Mr. Hugh Loring. Oh, no one except her uncle. And what was he doing here? Said he didn't like Wallace Clayton. Benny, why does Hugh Loring come here? Why does he come here? Mr. Chameleon, I don't know nothing about this. You can't pin anything on me. This cafe of yours is a hangout for some pretty shady characters. Why does Hugh Loring come here? Just on business, Mr. Chameleon. Sometimes I get him crew members for that yacht of his. Uh, Mr. Chameleon, here comes someone. Speak of the devil, Dave. It's Hugh Loring himself, Louise's uncle. Dave, come on. We'll get out of sight. 
Benny, I warn you, you'd better play along with us. Yes, Mr. Kennedy. Benny? Good afternoon, Mr. Loring. Good afternoon. Hardly good. I was just informed that my niece was murdered. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. How do you know? Have the police been around? Yeah. Someone told him Miss Loring come here to my place. Adelaide must have told them she was in love with Wallace Clayton herself, insanely jealous of Louise. Never mind. Benny, I need a crew member, some young seaman who's familiar with my type of yacht. But, Mr. Loring... We're sailing tonight. Yeah, but can you sail? I mean, the police... I am master of my ship and master of my fate. I sail tonight. So, uh, if you hear of a good sailor and... You know the kind I mean, Benny. Send him around this afternoon. Yes, Mr. Lee. I'm depending on you, Benny. All right, Benny. You're going to oblige the gentleman. You are going to send Mr. Hugh Loring an able seaman named Pedro Montez. But, Mr. Chameleon, I don't know any Pedro Montez. Well, you do now. I am going on that boat disguised as Pedro Montez, recommended by you. Which means, of course, that Pedro Montez is a shady character, too. Dave, come along. Okay, Mr. Chameleon. So long, Benny. Goodbye, Mr. Chameleon. Good luck. Mr. Chameleon, you're taking an awful chance if Benny's in with that outfit. You told him about your disguise. He may betray you. I'm well aware of that, Dave. But I've got to be on that yacht when she sails tonight. I have a feeling that not only is there a double murder involved, but that the yacht itself is being used more for crime than for pleasure. Mr. Chameleon and The Case of the Man Who Expected Murder continues in just a moment. If you ever take anything to relieve an ordinary headache, remember this about genuine Bayer aspirin. Its single active ingredient is so gentle to the system that mothers give it even to small children on their doctor's advice. Now this is important, for it means that Bayer aspirin is something you can take with complete confidence. It means that besides fast relief, Bayer Aspirin also offers you the dependable relief that's important to your health. For Bayer Aspirin is not only ready to go to work in two seconds, but also has an unmatched record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. So don't experiment when you're in pain. Take no chances with drugs that have not been proved by years of successful use. For the two most important kinds of relief, use something you know is completely dependable. Genuine Bayer Aspirin. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the case of the man who expected murder. Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold is driving along the waterfront and with him is Mr. Chameleon. An unrecognizable Mr. Chameleon, dark-skinned with dark and ruly hair beneath his jaunty seaman's cap. And he is studying a cable he holds in his hand, while Dave is saying, I wish you weren't going on that yacht, Mr. Chameleon. I don't trust Benny, and I don't like the looks of Hugh Loring. And, Dave, I didn't like the looks of Louise Loring and Wallace Clayton lying with their throats cut. Something strange, sinister going on. This cable I received from Scotland Yard in London confirms it. When is the ocean liner Tyronia due to dock in New York? Why, early tomorrow morning, Mr. Chameleon. Oh, well, then she'll uh, anchor off the coast tonight. Dave, now remember, wait for my call. They have a ship-to-shore telephone on the Loring yacht. Mr. Chameleon, they shouldn't be allowed to sail in the first place. They wouldn't be allowed to sail, Lord Natalie. 
But I want them to sail with me on board in my disguise as Pedro Montez, an ordinary seaman. Call him I... Mr. Chameleon, car 624, Mr. Chameleon. Yes, this is Chameleon. The commissioner of police wants to speak to you. Okay. Hello, Chameleon. Yes, Commissioner. Now, look, I've decided I don't like this. I mean, you're going on board that Loring yacht completely unprotected. Well, but Commissioner... Now, let me stop them from sailing. Commissioner, if we do, we may never have another chance to spring the trap on them. Let me use my own judgment about this. Uh, You're in great danger, Chameleon. I know that, too. Well, all right. Go to it, and good luck. Thanks, Commissioner. See, even the Commissioner doesn't want you to go. Dave, look, like you, I'm a cop. Now, we've got to be prepared to face death at any time. That goes right along with the motto I live by. The innocent must be protected and the guilty must be punished. And you can add to that, and death must be faced if necessary. Well, there she is. There's the yacht over there. Uh-huh. Magnificent yacht, I'll say that for her. And it won't be long before she acquires a new crew member. And now, Mr. Chameleon, disguised as Pedro Montez, a sailor, stands in the luxurious main cabin of the yacht, and Hugh Loring, massive, overpowering, sits studying him until Chameleon, in the voice of Pedro Montez, says, You uh, think I will do, senor? I have had uh, uh, much experience on uh, yachts like this. Uh, Benny will tell you. Benny has told me a great deal about you, Pedro. Oh, That is fine, Mr. Loring. That's fine. Uh, We may be gone a long time, though, and the work is hard. There's only one other crew member, the cook. Cook is deaf. If he yelled bloody murder, he couldn't hear you. Why should I want to yell bloody murder, senor? (laughs) It uh, should be uh, interesting on this yacht. I hear you uh, have a diver with you. Uh, Carl Mitchell, yes. You should go down to the diver sometime, Pedro. It's a beautiful world down there, as peaceful as death. Hey, Mr. Loring, the engines of the yacht have started. Yes, Pedro, I ordered them started, and you're hired. You look as if you'd be easy to get along with. I don't like it when people cross me, Pedro. No, sir. One man tried it, Wallace Clayton. I forbade him to marry my niece. But uh, you're not interested in Clayton. Eh... You're not one of those nosy detectives, are you? Who? Me, senor? Uh, I was only joking. All right, Pedro. We're really on our way, and uh, it should be quite a trip. And now, later, much later, in the cabin of the Loring yacht, we find Mr. Chameleon furtively talking to Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold on the ship-to-shore telephone. Hello, Dave. Are you still there? Yes, Mr. Chameleon. As I told you, we dropped anchor ten minutes ago. Now, I've given you the location. It's up to you to get here. If I can only get there in time. You sure that no one knows you're using the ship-to-shore telephone? I'm really not sure of anything, Dave. But I hope no one sees me using this phone. Say. He said he hoped no one saw him using that telephone. Benny was on the level, Carl. It is chameleon. Did you take his gun from underneath the pillow in his cabin? Yes. Then it should be easy sailing. All right, Adelaide, bring him up on deck in half an hour. By then I'll be ready for our friend, Mr. Chameleon. (laughs) 
And in half an hour, Mr. Chameleon, still disguised as Pedro Montez, follows Adelaide Mitchell up on deck. And he is saying, Miss Adelaide, uh, why you aren't taking me up on the deck? I want to show you something I thought might interest you, Pedro. Why? Is anything wrong? I, uh, uh, just lose something in my cabin, Miss Adelaide. Cannot understand it. I hid it under the pillow. What did you hide under your pillow? Uh, nothing, uh, important. Hey, uh, Miss Adelaide, what is that light, that light in the water? We use that light for night diving. My brother's coming up now. You mean he's been, uh, going down into the sea? Mm-hmm. Hey, look at him, will you? He looks like a, uh, a uh, monster in that, uh, that, uh, what is that? A diving suit. All right, Carl? Yes, yes, Adelaide. How was it, Carl? Is the equipment in working order? Uh, seems to be, Mr. Loring. I picked up a little memento on the ocean bed, another tin box. You and your tin boxes, Carl. It's very odd. You just cannot come up without bringing something with you. Mr. Loring, here's Pedro. Uh, Pedro, um, how would you like to make a living the way Carl does, going down, down into the depths of the sea? Would you like that? No, sir. Oh, you should try it, Pedro. Come along, put on my diving suit. You'll find it very interesting. No, Mr. Mitchell. Go on, Pedro. No, Miss Adelaide. Didn't you hear us saying, go on? Yes, I will not do it. But, Pedro, we expected you to break in as a diver. That was understood when we took you on as a member of the crew. Carl said he'd talk to you. Well, Mr. Mitchell was lying. You see, Mr. Loring, I refuse to go down because I know perfectly well that I would never come up. Oh, but that's fantastic. Well, wait, you... Used another voice. I did, Mr. Loring. So that voice sounds familiar. Yes, it should. I'm Chameleon the Cop of Central Police Headquarters, as Carl and Adelaide Mitchell know. Mr. Chameleon? Oh, Mr. Chameleon. Why, you can't be. But you are. You... What do you mean, Carl and Adelaide knew? They know who I am, Mr. Loring. They intended to murder me as they murdered your niece and Wallace Clayton. Mr. Loring, this man, he must be out of his mind. Good heavens, sir, you surely wouldn't believe such a thing. Well, you better believe it, Mr. Loring. If you don't, they'll kill you after they finish with me. But, Mr. Mc... Chameleon... They've I... been using this yacht of yours as a means of smuggling valuables into the country. And they have also been using you, making a fool of you. What? Don't listen to him. They've smuggled all sorts of valuables, jewels, stolen securities, and the method was very clever. The valuables were placed in tin boxes and dropped over the side of incoming ships. And then Carl Mitchell would retrieve them from the ocean bed. No, I won't believe it. Carl and Adelaide criminals hoodwinking me? No. Why, of course not, Mr. Loring. Now, this tin box, for instance, there's nothing in it. Oh, yes, there is. The biggest haul you ever made, Carl Mitchell. Gold. Gold stolen from England, from the Bank of Northampton. And there are more boxes down where this one came from. I had a cable today from Scotland Yard about it. Gold? And that is why your niece was murdered, Mr. Loring. She and Wallace Clayton were members of this smuggling ring. But they wanted to get married. They wanted to pull out. Adelaide and Carl Mitchell didn't dare let them go, so they killed them. Mr. Loring, you mustn't listen to him. Right now, they don't dare touch you. You have a gun on you. Two. I always carry two. Well, then give me one of them. Mr. Loring, you'd be giving your gun to a madman. Carl Mitchell, do you deny that there is stolen gold in that box? The box you just retrieved from the bottom of the sea? Why, of course I deny it. Well, then you and your sister can't possibly mind if I take up this box and throw it overboard. No! Put that down, Chameleon. Put that gold down. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Carl! Carl, put away that razor. Not a chance. I'll slash Chameleon's throat the way I did the others. And he hasn't got a gun. We took it from his cabin. I let you take it. I wanted you and your sister to think that I was unarmed. But I'm not. 
I always carry a spare just in case. Put your hands up, Carl Mitchell. Adelaide! Oh, no, you don't, Adelaide. Put down that gun or I'll kill you. I've got a gun, Mr. Loring. The dirty crooks thinking they could use me in my yacht. I thought you'd see it that way, Mr. Loring. All right, Adelaide, Carl. Stand over against the rail. This is a Coast Guard cutter coming, and they'll take us back to New York. I arrest you both for the murders of Louise Loring and Wallace Clayton and for heading the cleverest smuggling ring that has operated along these shores. And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. It's only natural that when you have an ordinary headache, you want fast relief. And to find out how quickly Bayer aspirin is ready to go to work, all you need do is test it in a glass of water. What happens to Bayer aspirin in the glass also happens in your stomach. And the speed with which it disintegrates indicates the speed with which it's ready to go to work. When you make this test, you'll see that Bayer aspirin starts disintegrating almost instantly, is actually ready to go to work in two seconds, hence it provides remarkably fast relief. So when you need something to relieve pain, be sure of how quickly it will act. Be sure with Bayer Aspirin. When you buy, ask for Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces in... The False Witness Murder Case. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson, with dialogue by Marie Balmer from the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney. Listen, everybody. Thousands of laboratory tests on scores of individual teeth show that new Lion's toothpaste actually gets teeth brighter. Two and a half to five and a half times brighter than any of the five leading brands. Brighter by far than any other toothpaste. And the reason is that it's not just another old toothpaste with an added ingredient, but is completely new and radically different in formula. A new kind of toothpaste that cleans without soap and polishes without chalk. So get more brightness in your smile. Go to any drug or toilet goods counter and ask for Lion's Toothpaste. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The False Witness Murder Case next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. It's a shame that Mr. Chameleon's disguise was revealed by Benny at the bar because I think Pedro Montez may have been one of his better characters. Also, I really love the voice of the actor who played Mr. Loring. I can't recognize the voice, but he sounds like the type of guy who could hold your attention reading the phone book. 
There were scenes in this episode that really would have lent themselves to some comedic interpretation. I'm thinking in particular of the ones where Dave Arnold pronounced the cause of death. I mean, if you did a comedy version in that scene where Wallace said, you can't kill me that way, then you go to the next scene, you could have... Dave say, well, there he is, bludgeoned to death with a pencil eraser. Not a pretty sight, Dave. All right, well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback and receive this feedback regarding the Maltese Falcon Academy Award Theater Special on YouTube. David said, thanks for this. It's a jewel. Well, thank you so much. And it's always great when we find an episode uh, that not everyone has heard before. And certainly there were some rarities in our run through the Sam Spade series. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Jeffrey, Patreon supporter since July, currently supporting the podcast at the shameless level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Jeffrey. And that will do it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it from. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Mr. Chameleon. And we'll be joined by Andrew Rines, Ron Echelbarger, and Vinny. As we see if Mr. Chameleon can save Christmas. But we'll be back tomorrow with the conclusion of this week's Yours Truly Johnny Dollar Serial, where... Hey, nice landing. Thank you, Mr. Dollar. It may be a little extra bonus for such a good if job. If you don't stop to... talking about money, you're going to have to find yourself a... See, am I crazy? Is... Isn't there someone in the cabin on that other plane? Hey, the car, it's coming over to meet us. Hey, watch it, Oscar. That darn fool is heading right across our landing pad. Huh? Come the engine. He is he crazy? Can't he see us? Hey, swing high, but don't flip us. Come on, more throttle. He is already there. Let's straighten up. Take off. I can't. What will I do? What will I do? Let me hit those controls and hang on. Here he comes. He'll hit our gear. Hang on. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.